Good morning, everybody, on this beautiful, brisk autumn day. Wednesday. Wednesday. And uh, this is Coach Al Harris, along with Chad, the whiz kid, Grimley, and Coach Chuck, yeah, the boss yeah. man, Grimley. We're throwing the coach in there this week. Different, and everything. different title every week. And this is Speaking of Sports. Lots of things going on, guys, between college football, pro football. Sixers even started a practice yesterday. A you got the baseball races. Yeah, late September, early October. What a great, great uh, time of year, season for just about everything. Before we get started, um, talk about Albert and his 700th. But first things first, um, you know, our most sincere uh, warm thoughts go out to anybody who is in line with the uh, bad weather pattern hurricane um, the la- latest <coughs> update is uh, sounds like a, a devastating energy source and uh, the good news is there has been days of warning uh, hopefully everybody has heeded the warning and been prudent about their decisions and nobody has to prove that they can live through the hurricane and, and, and stay anchored. You gotta, you gotta follow advice, but, um, our, our warmest thoughts and, um, to everybody on this situation. Yeah. I have friends in that path there. And the biggest problem is they said it was going to turn West and then yesterday it might turn East. So so there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. The old saying goes, try to predict the weather. Right. Uh And secondly, to really bring the house down and make sure we start with the flat line here. But a, a, a dear friend and a um, very devoted listener who gives us a lot of feedback on the, on the show, uh, Tommy had a, a very difficult uh, loss with a relative in that fiasco down in Wildwood last weekend. I don't know what the world's coming to, man, but it, these, the, the stuff that's going on in the inner cities, uh, the Wawa situation, Philadelphia shooting yesterday. You know, when you say you don't know what the world's coming to, with, you, you really don't. And now you feel a probable fear we were in the city saturday night it was bizarre and and the, i won't mention the restaurant but the manager out front security a guy very very nice guy he was telling me what what they see now and i said i don't feel safe coming into the city with my wife anymore i it's gotten to that point and he said i i can't blame you because the stuff i see here i shouldn't say it on 15th street a little bit of a hint but and then don't you know we hop in our car, we had the top down, and going home we have this monster truck in back us with an air horn, beeping its horn to make me have go through a right on red, uh, you know, it, which you can't do. There's no right on red sign, and just the whole thing, and it just it's out of control. But well, you know, it's very unusual to hear a news broadcast that doesn't start off with a shooting or a riot, or I mean, yeah, and exponentially, it's getting worse per weekday and when does it level is is my question like when do we come out the other side somebody uh, saw a priest last night at dinner and we were talking about this and he says we're headed to, to almost like a revolution he said this, this is the inner city there people are looking to disrupt and chaos and take back and law and order and yeah just yeah you hope that's exaggerated but what happened down in wildwood Saturday night, you know, and, and Tommy's nephew was totally innocent with his fiance. Just like we were in Philly, they were in Wildwood just about the same time. And they go through an intersection and these hoodlums that were racing these cars in Cretan uh, just T-boned them. And uh, the fiance is going to make it. The nephew is deceased. Imagine getting that phone call. So now that we've, we've got those two situations covered appropriately, uh, let's segue to happier things and hopefully Albert <laughs> Albert is 700th. I got a comment on Albert just because I want to I want to kind of raise the the temperature a little bit in a good way. Uh, here's an energy that Anaheim's got to love. Without boring everybody with the stats, if you look at his slash line for the Cardinals and it's outrageous. Okay, Chad may be able to find that as as I'm I'm, I'm articulating this. He then signs his contract with Anna, and it's a 10-year deal. And everybody says, I would never sign somebody like Pujols to a 10-year deal. And there are people that said, no, he'll still be very productive. Well, he's pretty darn productive this year. But here's the problem. If you take his current numbers right now, all right, his OPS and slug, 
it's currently higher than at any time he was with Anaheim. He's back to the cardinal days of production. What does Anaheim, they can't catch a break that organization. They got the two best players in the world. They drafted 21 pitchers last year. (laughs) Before that, they had Rendon, okay, and a couple other major signings. They can't win a thing. And now Pujols goes there to be a superstar and put up those metrics, doesn't, and goes back to the Cardinals and is back to his old Cardinal slash line. That's bizarre. That's must ab- be something in the water. It must be the water or the home <laughs> cooking and say something, man. Uh, I, I studied that. I looked at it, and I said, you know, it can't be right. Like, I must be missing something. Uh, I'm look, I'm talking about OPS of 860, slug of 524, and guess what? His numbers for Anaheim are in the sevens in OPS. Not close on slug. I mean, right across the board, and uh, – and then he hits a 700. How can he be this productive at the end is a question. You know, he's a clean player. How's he pulling this off, Coach? Well, like I said, maybe there's a lot of great restaurants in the St. Louis yeah. that the the home cooking and the family there. Uh, but it's just amazing. And, and for a man, it could talk about him and Judge, two big, strong athletes. No P. I mean, they've been tested through the years. Yeah. No yeah. PEDs. This is that. It's it's. It's two great stories for, for baseball. Wiz, what do you think about Pujols and Judge in the same week vying for uh, his historic moments? We, we, ne- we may never see two as historic moments going on at around the same time like we're seeing right now with number 700 for Pujols and Judge chasing the AL record there. So it's, it's, really, um, it's really fascinating. To, to watch and even just watching judge every night now there is so much many eyes on him every time he's up to, to bat the whole stadium's got their phones out and you can see he's feel he's definitely feeling some of the pressure probably he's still performing like but the pitchers are not pitching to him as much i think yesterday he had four walks yes he did no one wants to be what one pitcher said the answer to the trivia question of who did uh you know who did judge hit number 61 yeah. no one wants no pitcher wants to be that guy and, um, I mean, statistically, probability-wise, it's still on his side to get, you know, to get the number 61 with, I think, 10 games or nine games they have left right now. Yeah, nine, I think. Um, you no, know, so he should still get there, and he should still pass it, but I think he's currently eight or nine games without a home run right now, which is um, definitely not what anyone expected. Here's what's impressive about that, where a lot of hitters chasing that record would, would increase their launch angle. What Judge has done in September is remarkable. Now, we did touch on this last week, so I'll go quick. 4-2-3 batting average, 5-6-6 on base, 8-7-2, OPS. For what, September? September. Yeah. Okay? So what he has done is he has remained at the plate disciplined. They're throwing him off the black every pitch. He'll walk. He'll take the walk. Now, they're not saying, okay, it's a pitch around. We're throwing a foot off the plate. It's they're putting the ball on the black just by a ball off the black. He's taking every one of them. So that's why he's walking so much. His own base percentage is like in the fives. So uh, And he's also chasing a triple crown. So to him, he could think, well, let me keep the batting average where I need to focus on hits. I know I'll get the home run record, but I also would like to win the triple crown. So now, now his batting, yeah. his batting average has only dropped to three fourteen from three sixteen. So right. he, he was one for right. two one night, zero oh for one last yeah. night. He's, he's not getting many at bats. They're all he's walking so much right now. But that's the discipline. So I think he has demonstrated to the country that uh, to the world that during this period, this transition where I'm chasing the record, home run record, I'm still going to be a great hitter to win games, and you have to underscore that point. He's done that. Well, you know what I picked up last night, too, when they clinched the home field advantage, all that judge was so happy. You know, there's no way he has any type of down look on his face about his record. It's genuine when he's celebrating that, you know, they they won the the league. Yeah. And and one thing no one's talking about right now either is Atlanta's won four straight and is now tied for first (laughs) with the Mets. So we have a really, really great finish there with with who's going to win the division, the Mets or, or the Braves. And that's going to be really critical for the playoff format, as, as we looked at before. 
And both those teams, naturally, they want first place. You don't you want to get that by. And we're seeing a, a really great matchup here to end the season there. Yeah, when we get to Phillies, I have a little bit on the Braves or the Cardinals. Who would they rather play before we get there? Uh, the game Monday night against Toronto, first base is open and Guerrero is up. And they pitch to him. Boone pitches to him. We've been saying this every single show. Why are teams pitching the most unlikely they say, oh, a guy back of him, Kirk, the catcher, is, is also hitting 280. Okay. Who, is it Kirk? Yeah. Is that, who do you want up? Do you uh, want Kirk or Greer? <laughs> oh, come on now. And first pitch, smokes the left field. And they're both two. Kirk's a higher batting average, so you can make the odds that a single loses the loses the game. So ahead, you want you want the lower it. batting you're average. Make it, now, you could also say you're going to get a maybe chance of a ground ball. I mean, if I'm coaching. I'm probably walking. To get, wait, how many outs were there at the time? Wait, there are two outs. It was, a, it was Yeah, there are two outs. Okay. So you want the guy with the lower average because a home run wins the game. Unless until you but, look at the splits against the pitchers in the hands. How many times has Kirk, who the whole world has ever even heard of, been in that situation versus Judge or, or Guerrero? I mean, come on. Now. Well, that's what we have to look at. That's what we don't. That's what I don't know. But just from just, just from the pedigree, pure, just pedigree. Who yeah, do you want to pitch to? Just from the pure batting average perspective, Kirk's a higher hitter. Uh, that's where analytics is is dictating the gameplay. Then it shouldn't well, it be depends. that you way. You have to look at the hands and what's going on. I mean, Kirk with runners on second, hitting three forty this year. Okay, that so right you, there is a pretty high right, number. Now, you like play along. You've yeah, you kind of done it all your life. Now, so you, mm-hmm. you be the assistant coach uh, for the Yankees and tell me that we should uh, pitch to. Uh, Guerrero versus Kirk. Just so you know what I'm pitch. thinking too. Kirk is, is an excellent hitter. He's about five eight, about two forty. Right. He has no speed, so you right. can play the infield deeper, the whole thing, and that's get a force point. out somewhere or that, something that's like that. Point. Yeah, but if you look at the high leverage numbers, you know, late and close, ninth inning at bats, I'll bet you, Judge's numbers are better. I Guerrero. Be, Guerrero. I'm sorry, I keep saying Judge. Why am I doing that? Uh, I'll just bet you Guerrero. First of all, you know he's been in a situation. Longer, what four years so far, um, and, and when he bears down, when they say like Jimmy Rollins used to say, when the red light is on, Jimmy Rollins is really good in that situation in the eighth or ninth inning with a game winning line. I'm going to bet you Guerrero has better numbers than Kirk does, but regardless, in that situation right then, I, there's no way in the world. Uh, to your point, I can also play my infield deeper, uh, have the you know the force. All right, so so here's why. Here With Chad, runner on second, Kirk, Kirk is hitting 340 this year. Oh, boy. And with the runner on second, Guerrero is hitting 277. That's one of the major things they're going to look at right there. You're right. Now, I don't know what hand the pitcher was, and look at those yet. Yeah, There's a few right more hand. things we have to look at. Right hand. But that's one thing that people look at. And no, that's not the only thing. you got to look at the So if it's a right-handed pitcher. Okay. And Guerrero's hitting 280 versus righties. All right. So we have 4,000, 5,000 people, devoted fans that listen to the show. Thank you very much for that. If you agree, <laughs> if you would have pitched, okay, DeGuerra versus Kirk, text me at 609-828-5569. And you may end up getting lunch out of it. You never know. I've been known to do that. Right, Coach? Once All in right. a while. We're, yeah. we're, we're, <laughs> we're moving on here uh, to the uh, Cards versus the Braves. Now. Had a chance today to dive into this a little bit. I'm going to add some time back and save time right here. It's interesting statistical comparison between the two. They're very similar. So you look for the things that are dissimilar, okay, because otherwise the teams are very compatible. Braves are 4.92 runs per game. Cards are 4.80, so on and so forth. The Braves strike out a lot, okay, 1428 Ks for the year versus the cards, 1100. Big difference. 300. That's a big difference. 300 less Ks. You know how they grind at bats. You know how they work the ball the other way, but you know how they make contact. The Cardinals are the team, quintessentially, that can do that hit and run. Still has a place in baseball, you know? Analytics says don't use it, but it has a place in baseball if you're on base percentage side. Cardinals win that, too. They have higher walks. Therefore, they have higher on base. Again, it's close. And interestingly enough, and I think I could win some uh, money today, the coffee machine on this one, the best OPS plus, as we like to say on the podcast, what team in baseball has the best OPS plus? The cards. So 
offensively, we don't want to play the Cardinals because the Braves simply strike out more. On the other side of the uh, game, pitching's very close, although the Atlanta pitching staff strikes 300 more people out. That's <laughs> interesting that they earn back that 300 number there. When you look at defense, you go back to the Cardinals. Um, Artot, Cards plus 23, defensive run saved. Braves plus 14. Don't forget our Phillies are minus 40 in that same category. That's unbelievable. When you see Cards plus 20, 33, Braves plus 14, Phillies minus 40. All things considered, I think since the Cardinals brought up all those young kids, and so did the Braves. But I think the Phillies against the Braves this year are, what, 8-6 or 7-500? Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Phillies want to play the Cardinals. More so than the Braves. You guys chime in on that. Respond well, to that. I really, if I'm the Phillies, I don't want to play the Mets. And so by doing that, I have to take the Braves, wherever they're at. Yeah. Now, the Phillies just don't have a lot of control. You don't want to play the Dodgers. No, no, no. The Phillies right now don't have a lot of control. They're yeah. the third seed regardless. So they're not playing the Dodgers. They're going to play the Mets or the Braves. Because the Padres, if they win, play the Dodgers. So the Phillies don't have any control. We're, the, we're playing St. Louis. That's happening if we make the playoffs. Then if we win, we're either playing the Mets or the Braves, depending on how they fall right now. Slow up, Wiz. I think I finally got you caught in the corner. If the Phillies, if the Padres come down and the Phillies go up to five seed. Oh, of, of course. But well, that's, you two said and a, that's two and a half games. You're talking about two and a half games. You just said it can't. I mean, it's statistically not likely. Yes. Yeah, well, why don't you frame it that way so our, our listeners know yes, the Phillies that are the, the mere six possibility seed. exists. They're two and a half games behind the Padres for the second wild card spot. Right. I don't think anyone expects the Phillies to claim the second wild card spot with a week, with a week uh, to go. The Padres have had some losing streaks this year, but now the, the, the superstar is hot all of a sudden. Um, anyway, Al, who do you want to play for the Phillies? You just I'll tell you what, it just stays in my mind, the Braves lineup. There's not an out in that lineup. You don't want the Braves. Right. Okay. So you, you want to go cards, Mets. Yeah. So you so what Al's saying then is he wants the Mets to win the division. I personally want the Braves to win the division because the Phillies have matched up better with the Braves this oh, year. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Did right, you make you. that point? That the, look Braves, at the playoff picture. Braves win the division. We'll get Cardinals than Braves. Correct. We the, the Phillies, assuming they're the six seed, which is very likely, we'll right. get the we'll get the winner of the division if we beat the Cardinals, the Mets or the Braves. That's who we play next. I right forget. now the Mets are, are I think they have the tiebreakers. They're yep. they're the two seed. Yep. Good point. We play them after You're we beat the point. Cardinals. Always a good point. I forget that they are tied for the division. They being the Mets and, and the Braves. Yeah, right. the Mets Braves are what we need right. to watch. So for. you have that fluctuation. That's fluid. You got. The situation with the Brewers, Phillies, and San Diego. But when it's all said and done, you'd still rather see the Phillies play the Cardinals. Would it be safe to say a week from now we'll really be on top of this? Yeah. Well, we, at least we're giving everybody the options, right? And you you, you uh, don't want the Braves because no, you really I, want, I the do want, you want the Mets. I do want the Braves because the Mets have had our number all year. And the Braves, I think, are just as good as a team. But we've just done better against the Braves. And for whatever reason, you know, whether it's, it's luck or, or coincidence, I would rather play the team that we've done better against, although I personally think the Braves are a better team with the, t the way they've been playing the second half. But I'd still rather take them because we've matched up better this year. I watched the four-game series super close on the micro level, and I said to Marion a couple times, I said, you know, I'm getting disgusted. Um I am sorry, Jason. That's the inside. I knew I'd slip one in today, <laughs> but I love you, buddy. Uh, because I thought the Braves were going to come in and demonstrate the point we've been making on this podcast about they're unbelievable right now with their seven-run production, meek and mild. Now, their stars out. See what happens when you all ships rise and go down at the same time. We're going to do a theory. We're going to do a study on that someday with the superstar being out. Look at the, look at the Yankees. Stanton comes back in his mere presence. They go ten and two. It, it's just unbelievable what it means to the lineup. Okay, and Acuna was out in all fairness, but they swing at too many balls out of the strike zone. Now, yeah, they chase. So, and and on that note, I'm going to make a quick comment. Yeah, the Yankees will be a postseason 
bust yeah, slash disappointment. They, they will be. Reason being, they're 56 and 22 at home. They're yep. 39 and 37 on the road. Yep. I don't think there's any other team in the American League that's going to make the playoffs that has that poor of a road performance. No. They're built for failure in postseason between the lack of home runs and the strikeouts and the better pitching. That doesn't match the Yankees' model. You want to play the Yankees in postseason. They well, they haven't hit in the second half. First of all, I mean their, right. their offensive numbers are second to the worst in baseball. Really? Yeah, nobody knows that either. They're only on this show, speaking of sports, do we publish this stuff, right? So between the three of us, we have all kinds of different opinions about what we want. I don't want to play the Cardinals. We're five hundred against the Braves, and they strike out a lot. And we do have good pitching. Uh, today's wins against average numbers, bud. We're number two in starting pitching. Yeah, that's hard to believe, but it's true. Did it you see true. it? Yeah, I, I remember when we looked at that a couple weeks back, we were right there, one or two. And, um, and it's it's hard to believe when you look at the overall balance. It, we're there. Yeah. Well, well I mean, Wheeler and Noel, Noel drive that. But it's not wins against, it's not war. It's wins against uh, average. Average. The Phillies, you know, so everyone is like, for instance, for the Phillies, JT's number one by a lot in that category. And it all makes sense when you when you compute. The Phillies starting SP starting pitchers are second in baseball. It's very hard it to do, believe. It, it doesn't seem like when you're watching it, we have the second best starting pitching in baseball. But th- that's why when we play the Braves, we're 500. That's why we played the Dodgers, even though it was a small sample. We won more than we lost. Um, St. Louis, same thing. Because when these pitchers have good games, you win. They're low scoring. So that's what keeps you in all these games. That's why these pitchers have dominated uh, substandard opponents this year. Where they, We used to play 500. We, we were 20 games over 500 against the sub-500 teams or pitching. So that's good in postseason. If you get everybody in the Phillies hitting at the same time, but how do you lose 2-1 last night to the Cubs, coach? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Phillies disappointment. They do. I mean, right now, Harper looks like he, he's not capable of why? playing. Why, why, why? Um, we can't lose these games to the Cubs. Oh, come These on. are easy games. The Cubs have absolutely nothing to play for other than just the enjoyment of beating the Phillies and seeing them struggle with the, in the playoff race right now. There's nothing that they're playing for, and we're struggling to beat them. We can't lose 2-1 to one against the Cubs. That can, that can never happen. I mean, the pitchers are doing their jobs. And the offense is not. Well, I'll tell you, you saying pitchers doing their jobs. I, I questioned very much Thompson last night, his choice in the relief. I didn't see the game. I, I, so Wheeler and I were watching. Uh, Wheeler went six. New Netflix. Wheeler went six. They had, they had said that they would probably go 75 to 80 yeah. pitches. How in many? six innings, he had 52 took pitches. At 52? Yes. And they brought in Brogdon. And Brogdon gave oh, up the run. Right. Come now, on, Coach, what are you doing? I, now, see, that's being too protective because yeah, he threw yeah. 40 to 50 last week yeah. and they projected that much more. That's Joe Girardi. 52 pitches in six innings, the lowest yeah. he's ever done in his well, career nobody, for that amount of, nobody, amount of time. No, nobody babysits pitchers like we do. Yeah, you you got to let the guy throw. Well, what are we saving Wheeler for? Do you want him to pitch in October or not? We need this guy to go now so he can get to October to play there. Did anybody see what he was like on the mound? Was it graceful? Well, he has si- he it was six up? innings, one uh, six innings, five hits, five strikeouts, one run, okay. and one walk. So he came out in between innings. Did he go out and get him? He yeah. Came out oh, yeah. In yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which surprised me a little bit because I'm switching the channel a tiny bit, and all of a sudden I expect to see Wheeler in the seventh inning and see Brogdon. They were just a segue and a little Brogdon bit. Brogdon, who came in, gave up a run. run. One inning, one yeah. run. Right. Yeah. yeah. They were talking on MLB yesterday about uh, they had a, a guest on that was uh, enlightening, and they were talking about the guy from Miami, uh, out the star pitcher, Al- Alcantara. Terra. I don't know why I can't get that one ever. And Mattingly, since he's been relieved of his duties, I like Mattingly, but you can't lose thirty-four one-run games and not have me be a critic of what you're doing. You, if you lose thirty-five, whatever it actually is, one-run games. You better lead baseball in sacrifice, hit and run, suicide for sure. Because if I got a guy on second with one or with the no outs, I'm going 
bun over, suicide in, safety squeeze, whatever, every single time. Now, when I play all one games, right? I don't know if Madeline did it. He didn't do it against the Phillies, okay? I mean, baseball just doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. They don't, well, any, any, most 95% of the teams. And when you lose 70 or 36 one-run games. But anyway, the story, as it's told, the guest was saying that Madeline was going to go out and get the star pitcher. And you'll say the name when I point Alcantara, right. And Alcantara told the catcher, oh. if he comes out, I'm going to bust things up. I'm not coming <laughs> out of the game. And everybody to dug out and do it. And like, like, I hope coach doesn't go out right now. He's not cutting. He said, if he brings me out with bases, like, you know, two guys on two outs and doesn't let me get out of this. And he started out and the dug, I was like, coach, let him, let him finish this. And he did. And they said, that would have been the most interesting confrontation of any manager ever pulling a pitcher. Cause he had told us, I am not coming out. And I'm going to make it clear to the coach when he comes out. Well, know? let me tell you what Alcantara's probably thought process is. You know how many times he's gone out with a two to one or three yeah, one yeah. or two nothing yeah. lead, right? And they take him out, and the reliever give it up. Their room runs yeah. are charged to him, and he should and have been there. So to- we pivot off of a two one loss to the Cubs, and yet I think we're two and one against that guy this year. We hit him. Well, we beat him. We don't score a lot of runs against him, but we've won the games against him. Said Stroman. Or? No, they got the Alcantara guy. Oh, Alcantara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done very well against him, but How? but we've had See, great that? pitching. It's always True. going into Keep the seventh the inning down. where it's one nothing, two right. to one, and we're in the game. Absolutely, positively, that's how it's gotten done. But what part of the Phillies do you dislike? What part do you like, guys, going into the playoffs? From the offense right now, it's a huge, huge, huge disappointment. Dislike. So, well, we yeah. talked about it last week okay. about changing that lineup around them, and was Won't a do it. fine time to do it with the five game losing streak, but they didn't do it, and it gets no, worse. Our, our lineup it is is stuck right now. Schwarber and Hoskins in the one two hole is is such a mistake. Yeah, it is. When you have you know Stott yesterday one for two with a walk. Geez, how great would it be if your leadoff hitter was two for three on base? What Schwarber do? Oh for three with a walk. I mean, it's like this almost every night. You can look at an example and say Stott or Segura should be should be leading every, off you see instead hits. of Schwarber, right. who says 42 home runs right now and be great in that four-hole or five-hole because JT's so hot. Coach. And it, it's not, it's not hit, happening. He hit two home runs, and his war went down. <laughs> I, it's 1-2 right now. If you look, buddy, it was 1-6. His war went down. He can't even do that. But he's going to lead the league in home runs. Because if you have two home runs and your war goes down, that means you had to stake the joint out defensively and do nothing else for for the run production, yeah. uh, and, and he had the stuff he did in left field the last ten days. Yeah, we, just on we've been through that too many. Yeah, weeks. we beat that to death. Let's get off of Kyle Schwarber today. Uh, what do you like? Wiz likes the pitching. What do you dislike? What do you like, Coach? With the with the fills you're talking yeah. about. What are you optimistic about? I'm optimistic thinking of the future with painter and able and now with bohm and but how about this, this year's this year's team? i just don't like like we talked about you can't have two guys that strike out so much and everything back to back to start off games i mean right. it just doesn't make sense at all even if harper was hot what's he going to have a double or triple or or a one run home run here's they're never on base here's what's hard to do if you're an affectionate of box scores i am very passionate about box score construction i love it Every single night, every single morning, yeah, I know, get a life. I do have a pretty full life, would you say, Coach? But I, I would say so. I love those box scores. When you see, to Chad's point, JT, two hits, almost a lot of games in September. Look up his averages, right? Stott has gotten better. So don't look at his, at his year to date. What's it matter if he's hit better in September? When you see the guys with one and two hits in back one and two and nobody's on base, how wasted are those five or seven hits in back of two guys that got on base once by a walk? Usually, well, Bohm's right? in the top five of multiple hit games yeah. in the league. And, and nobody's on base. Yeah. So we are constructing kind of a, 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 a self-destructive lineup by having such low on base percentage, one and two. If you do Harper and Schwarber's on base percentage, bud, in September – I'd love during the show if you can mine that out. I'd love to see that number in September. I could be wrong. Over under, I'm going to give you numbers. Chad does his diligent research. You can hear it gone. I'm going to say they're on base percentage 
which, as you know, below 300 is really, really low. I want to say they're on base percentage below 255. Well, where are you going over under, coach? Boy, the way you're talking about, I'm going to go under. You're going to go under for September for Schwarber and uh, Harper. Yeah. Right? Because we were St. Hoskins, but Harper's been batting too often. We, we could do it any way you want, actually. We close? Yeah, I have well, it. So, so um, Schwarber for September has a 320 on base percentage. On base percentage? And Shocking. Harper has a 289. 300. Okay, which is not yeah. good, but it's higher than I thought. How about Hoskins? Hoskins has, where is he? Here he is. Hoskins has a 284. Okay, so they're, they're below National League average. Meanwhile, Segura has a 360. Yeah. Yeah. Stott? I'm sorry. Nope, Segura's a 313. I read the slug. Okay. He's got a 313. Okay. Um, and Stott's got a 304. Boehm is 311. Not the highest on base percentage for any of these guys. Maybe, I mean, offensively, we're seeing September. It hasn't been maybe a great Maybe part of the problem is nobody else is so remarkable that they have to make the change. Leave it in the You way know, it's just in the back of my mind right now. I'll throw it out. Chad, sometime when you get a chance in your very, very busy life, we've had a lot of games pulled out this year by the 8th the ninth, the DH hitter at the end of the lineup with your veering here. Oh, and to do that for the whole year, I think, would be astonishing. Stubbs way back, member a couple times, walk well, off there. In, in the wins against average that we're talking about, which is why I like it slightly more than war. I think it's a little more definable, a little more articulate. They have pinch it and bench value in it. And uh, I don't I don't know where we rank. We should rank above. Everything goes to, ladies and gentlemen, everything goes to league average. Obviously, you have to be above league average to be good, right? So they put in there league average, and then you see if you're above or below. We have to be above league average in pinch hitting and or those guys that get an opportunity, the young kids that get in the lineup, um, I mean, Verling and, and uh, Marsh is at a five-hit game. May time when he was – before he was playing right yeah. field. How about Marsh in September, bud? All right, first give us what you have in the in the WAA there. Um, well, so, Marsh – I have Marsh up right okay. here. God, you're quick in the next uh, Marsh in September is hitting 290 with a 304 on base percentage. Okay. So, that's good. He's hitting for some average. But average. He only, has, only has one walk in that's 56 plate appearances, say, which yeah. will yeah. totally but, blow up in the postseason. Yeah, but I'll take the 290. You know what you never see done, Coach? You never see a manager like us amateurs do say, I'm going to play a lineup card that reflects the hot hand. For the last two weeks, Coach Al – is hitting 340, left and righty. I'm going to move you up Certainly. because I'm, I call that diluting the strength. If you're going to give me that ROI, return on investment, I'm going to make sure I have you up there to do it. Now, if I dilute you, so be it. But I'm not going to watch you bat eighth and hit 340, 360. Yeah. I can't. I did that when I was coaching my entire career. Somebody gets hot downstairs. I'd have a conversation with he or him and said, he or him, he or she, and say, are you comfortable? I'm going to move you up. You know, most of the time it was like, where, coach? And if you said lead off, I'd get, no thanks. Nobody, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd bat forth. Nobody wanted to yeah. bat lead off. But the point is, and then if they went cold a little bit, then you adjust. Yeah, you adjusted. But I can't watch you get three hits batting eighth. It's just, you know, unconstitutional. So, uh, Phillies are going to make the playoffs, and how they're going to do bottom line was. I think they're going to they're going to second round. win. Yeah, go out in the second round. They'll lose second round. That would be progress, coach. That would be progress. Yes. Agreed. Chatty, agree? No, we can't be happy with that. We have Bryce Harper on a massive long-term contract and he's in year what? 3 or 4, four. Yeah. and we've talking about making the first time in the playoffs and going out in the second round. No. no can't be happy with that. Not knowing how good the Braves are going to be next year, what the Mets are looking like. No, I we, think we, we have Dodgers. to take into consideration Harper missing two months. So the Phillies Before, did better with him out, though. They That's the problem. About that. They did so good. Why is it that an analytic you trust? Okay, the Phillies played better without Harper. Yeah, try sitting him. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna pivot off of uh, seven. And I just gotta ask, how unimpressive are the Brewers? Both of you. I mean, do they ever seize the moment? The Brewers. <laughs> The Phillies lose in the afternoon. They lose at night. They they don't go to string of four straight. You look at their numbers, and they're up there above league average. 
in pitching way above, but yet it doesn't translate to I wins and losses. I think the dog, where dog's coming to my mind yeah, a I little bit. So. They are dogging it. Yeah, if you look at their averages in their lineup, it's not good. No. I mean, even Yellick, who used to be an right. absolute powerhouse, Peace. is down to 250. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever team sneaks in, the, the Milwaukee or, or Phillies, both of those, should, they should be out in the first round, but I'm just hoping the Phillies surprise and, and maybe let's win talk, that first before round. Before we switch to football, let's talk about my boy Joey Manetis, the 11-year minor league guy coming up for the Nats. Uh, bring him up, bud. I think he's 335. I'm going to say 415 or higher. Slugs five and OPS nine. Uh, this is crazy. This is a guy they must have missed because you can't come up and play a quarter of the season, hit that much, and he hit in the minors. He had an unbelievable year in the minors and convinced me he should not have been up. Sooner, do you have an update? Yeah, this slash? is kind of weird. He, uh, in the Nationals this year, 48 games, he's hitting 326 with a 941 OPS. And in the minors this year, 96 games, he hit 286. Last year with Boston, he hit 284 with an 860 OPS. Um, when he was better in, than that. in 2018, he was in the Phillies system. Yes, he was. He hit 311 with yes. an 870 OPS. Why did no one ever give this guy a shot? So I went right to defense saying this guy must be a cow. He can't make, make any plays defensively whatsoever. And I don't think I saw horrific defensive numbers. Uh, which is going to prove me right or wrong. I, I don't know about the minors defense. I don't have no, that up they here. They don't have it. But, 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 I mean, either way, who cares? Yeah, who cares <laughs> if it's right? If you're hitting in the yeah. minors, bring you up to the big leagues and see what you can do. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think I mentioned him last week or the week before that he impressed me at the plate. Yeah. And he was playing right field. Am I right or wrong with that? But he also made a hell of a throw one night to third, so it wasn't that he had no arm. But uh, And last but not least, yeah, you're right. I've seen him play good defense, but small sample size. Hats off to uh, Tito and those amazing – uh, guardians that were picked to finish third or fourth in the division. And every year, doesn't that son of a gun claw his way? They win the four to three. They play the balance scale game. Never spectacular. 27th in payroll, 27th in OPS. They just pick at you. Pitch, close, man. What a close. I'm just going to say it. I called that one. At the beginning you of the did. year, in I the was on top of, of the year, Guardians. Wiz had this. Because I think that Jose Ramirez is an absolute beast, and he is. And uh, then I saw Stephen Kwan and how good he was. And what he's, a he's never stopped. He's My been favorite so, guy. so good. My favorite Three guy. Three for five last night with a walk and an RBI. I mean, talk about a leadoff hitter. You want to see a guy go first to third? You want to see a guy get a secondary lead? You want to see a guy play defense? There's a player that does all things, not power, but just complements the game in every possible way. He's a gamer. He's high energy. He's good in the clubhouse, the dugout. Boy, when you're putting his name, what's he, 24, bud? You're going to write his name. He's young. Uh, at bat leadoff for the next 12 to 15 years. And it looks like everybody's the same. Look at their box score. You know, 278. 325, 278, through 280. Yeah. They're all batting 278 with a 330 on base percentage. Well, you know, when you don't see them too often, you don't realize how good they are. I think they could win the World Series. I know you're going to tell me I'm nuts. On this date, I want to time stamp the Guardians can win the World Series because they play every fast. They'll put the ball in play. They don't strike out. They walk. They're good defensively. They hit cuts. They go first to third. They play with the Are you like trying to tell fashioned? me they're fundamentally sound? Yeah, why not trying to say that? I mean, uh, and the White Sox and Twins, they ought to hop on a boat and sail <laughs> and never come back again. How can the Twins construct a lineup like that? That at 200, what, 60 home runs last year? And the White Sox look like the all star team. I mean, oh, man. But it's time to talk Eagles football. No, it's, it's actually kind of funny when you look at these numbers real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Stephen Kwan versus Kyle Schwarber yeah. for the year. Listen to this, guys. Kwan's got a 301 batting average, Schwarber 212. On base, Kwan's 380, Schwarber 313. Slugging 402 for Kwan, 485 for Schwarber. And OPS 780 
for Quan and 798 for Schwarber. Wow, but that OPS plus though is higher for Quan what? than Schwarber, Schwarber, despite the fact that Schwarber has 42 home runs and Quan has six. Good catch, six <laughs> home runs. Speaking of sports, <laughs> if you're still with us at this time Look, of the podcast, if, imprint that and get it out. If to you want to see a leadoff hitter, Stephen Quan, 56 strikeouts this year. In 140 games, Kyle Schwarber's got 193 strikeouts go, in 147 games. That is disgraceful. That is disgraceful. There's no other way to describe how embarrassing that is. But the one stat you just mentioned sounds illusionary. Like the OPS plus, you you festooned that. That can't be true. Juan's OPS plus is higher higher than Schwarber's, and he's got he's five four 30, 140. 36 less home what's runs his, than him. What's his size and weight? What, what do they list them at? You know, I don't player um, profile. Yeah, he's, he's five nine one seventy. Yeah, and he's got a better OPS plus than Schwarber. Uh, I mean, this is the the intrigue of box scores and data that I get um, dive into every day. And I'll tell you, you can have some tough days in the business world. And I go get an ice team park under a tree, and and I'll just do twenty minutes of research. And boy, the voyages I've had, you just find stuff that's just remarkable if you like that stuff. How about these birds? 3-0. I definitely think they're the best team in the NFC. I know that sounds like a crazy, you know, hyperbolistic. Nobody else matches up with them in the NFC. Uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind. Hurts' improvement because he wants to be better is, is unbelievable. Look at his skill positions. Those two receivers, I still think they get the best running back in football. Uh, easy schedule, which gives them home field. They just leverage all that right to the Super Bowl. That I'm sticking with that, barring injury. You know, it's ironic, too, that we would have thought that not this fourth game would be a pivotal game. And it is as far as Peterson coming back, Robert. And they really played great Jacksonville last week. And, you know, they've got Lawrence, who looks like he's finally coming. He was When he came out of Clemson, he was advertised as a 10-year player type of thing yeah, sure you know? sure and they have put some they've built up around him they've done some trades and of course they have had good draft choices for the last three four five years so i think uh i'm very very much looking forward to this game to see how oh, lawrence yeah. c- does against the eagles defense because he's not going to be caught in the middle like wednesday you know all mention, those times don't tell me that coach peterson doesn't have some advantage here knowing hurts defensively right so, I mean, it's one thing for him to be that effective against the other teams. You know, you talk Washington's in the division, they flat stick. But Peterson knows his proclivities. You know, he can give his defense some very specific things, uh, you know, nuances, what to look for. I think what Peterson will do is contain Hurts. I think he's been whiz averaging 65 yards rushing per game. I think they, they hold him down under that number. You know, it's ironic you said that Peterson knows his proclivities, and I don't even know what the word means. Yeah, tendencies, <laughs> habits, you know, what it does. In this situation, you know, RPS and all that kind of stuff. Uh, somebody explained to me how it could possibly be 43 minutes into the podcast already. Uh, let's not skip, however. Some the Eagles haven't scored in the second half. Problem? I don't believe they've scored a point in the last quarter in yeah. all three games. Yeah, but you're also nursing. So, yeah. so you got to take in consideration that he's. I mean, Hertz is letting the clock get down to five or six seconds and so forth. That when you're leading, that's what you want to do. Right. And I, I don't think they've opened up the offense all up because they haven't had to. So it's going to be interesting to see a, a battle of wits, put it this way. Given the pedigree and the bloodline down there in Alabama, uh, the coach, the legacy, the whole environment, and what Hurts did for both Alabama and Oklahoma, you're not one bit surprised at this, are you, are you Chad? No. No, I've been, I've really been a huge advocate, and a lot of us have. Same here. Um, since, since the beginning. Yep. And I think that Hurts is an unbelievable athlete, and he's proven now that – He's also an extremely gifted quarterback. He's reading defenses. You know, he, he's not. He, he he is in control of the situation. When he was fourth and goal for the second half, I believe, and he made that audible. I'm pretty sure that was all on him. He's if I remember him. hearing that yeah, correctly, it was that was his decision. It was a play not in their playbook. Right. 
but they've practiced before and he said hey we're going to run this play and it didn't look great no. when it was developing <laughs> that back throw and uh what was it um who went up and Brown, got brown said i'm not sure smith smith right yeah in smith corner, goes up yeah. and gets it in the corner yeah that is just a very, very intelligent play for for Hertz to read the defense and say, "Hey, no, we got this," and he did that. So he's proving that he's now possessing all of the abilities that you want in a quarterback. You know, you got to be able to read the defense, smart enough to see what's going on out there, assess the plays, make the adjustments, and then make the plays. Though you have to have the phys- physical abilities to do that. And the people criticize him. Oh, his arm's not good enough. His arm looks fantastic to me. Oh, you kidding me? It looks great Definitely out there. Has quicker release and better ball speed. Well, it he's looks no great. Doubt. If he did that play last year, the naysayers would say you got to take the three in that situation. Yeah. I mean, it was a great pass. Like you said, a tough catch. Yeah, it was good yep. coverage. Does anybody thing. remember the name of the pitching coach? That he went to in the offseason. It was that. It was that QB. It was that like three D QB camp that Brady yeah. went to. All all yeah. good quarterbacks yeah. have gone there, and <clears throat> it's really big to see Hertz do that, that and much. then come out though and then perform like this. Because yeah. right yeah. now he looks. Right now, there is not a quarterback under twenty five years old I would take right now. What's over Hertz. there not to love about Hertz? And I called the radio when they drafted him, and I said, Howie. This will end up being the best thing you've ever done, draft-wise, for the Eagles. Just talking radio land and asking, you know, blew sure. me off. And, you know, they were, oh, he didn't make it out by No, 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 no. He threw 71% at Alabama. But there was a there was another sort of political connection with Tua is it, and his brother and dad and performance. Uh, but remember when they put, Hurts back in when he got hurt. What he what he did to win the championship. I mean, this guy's a winner. His dad's a coach, great mentor. They got together and said, "Do you believe this? These insults we're hearing, we're going to work, and you're going to get better." And that's what they've done. And now he could run. He could still run. I mean, this guy has a chance to throw north of seventy. I'm going to tell you what a great thing is too, Chuck. He is in control of the locker room. Every report I've seen, and you've got your Brandon Grahams, your Fletcher Cox, your Jason Kelsey, but they love him and respect him so much that he has control at his young age of that locker room. What about the past last week was where what receiver went up? That was Smith, too. If they had replayed it, it was a bobble. Smith on the sideline. He didn't get his second foot down. The trajectory of the ball to be there – you, you always watch it play and say, that's not going to work. You know, you just do that. You know? And the ball's in the air, and I'm going, no, that can't happen. And then when they ruled in, I was like, had to be a bobble. Ends up being, it was a bobble. I bet Washington not being quick enough. They, they should have challenged Come on, definitely. Washington. And then Rivera said he had sick. the flag out, but he yeah. didn't have it out in time yeah, to replay yeah, soda. You got enough time. Some, someone, one of their assistant coaches is standing five feet away from the out-of-bound line. Come on. You can't miss those things. What's there not to love about Hurts and the team and their whole thing, the morale, the loyalty, the coach? I love I love when the coach talks. Uh, I just think that I don't the best record in the and we'll get them home field and the Rams don't come in to Philly and beat them. And I don't think Green Bay and Tampa. So I I think we have I think we have a bit of a pass on the Rams this year. Not not like we couldn't play them, but I think they are on a bit of a letdown after yeah. that. I mean, yeah. what the Rams did last year was almost spiritual. How they, yeah. how they, how good I, they were. Good word. It good was word, spiritual. It reminds me of the Phillies in oh in oh uh, eight when 08, they won. Right. Not like competition wise, but the Bengals they are got a young Tampa team instead of the Yankees. Yeah, not right. But right? regardless, the Rams were so good last year, and we know that it's virtually impossible to repeat. Repeat. So just assume they won't. You got to assume they won't repeat. Then you're Tampa Green Bay. Then you're Tampa, and right now Brady looks like he can't. Throw Wait. not say so can't throw a football, but he looks so distracted he, out there, geez. and he probably is. I mean, hey, if Giselle <laughs> isn't happy, that's going to upset a lot of men. Uh, that's a distraction. If that was your, if that was your wife, yeah, that that's a pretty big distraction right there. I wonder if she'll be home when I get there. Yeah, and um, well, who's the other team in the uh, uh the Green Bay? Green Bay, and Rogers wants out. You never know. You never know what you're going to get with Green Bay. If you get Green Bay at home. They're really tough. If yeah. you can get them yeah. on the road, though, yeah. they're very beatable. So I think that's going to be a really big factor. Soft right now. on the road. Soft on the road. The, the tough part with Green Bay is their defense. Their defense does look for real this year. Yeah, they have looked really good to contain Tampa, like they did last week. 
I'll so tell you, what, what, I, I, I right now I think the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC. Thank you. We all I agree really do. That. So podcast, we are on record on this date, Wednesday. What's eleven fifty? And it's it's worth saying. I still, all of us said this. Think the Eagles are what 12, 13, maybe fourteen wins this year. Yeah. And Vegas had them at eight and a half, nine. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, that looked like the most ill-balanced thing we've ever seen. And, and it's still at nine and, and a half. Is it still at nine, still and, a nine and a half today after three and oh? And they got them as dogs twice in two games. They'll be favored. They get them as a dog when Green Bay comes here. No way. They're healthy. They're a dog. To Green what, it's Bay. like a one-point line? It, yeah. It can't be big. But Green Bay's not a favorite here. Yeah, it's just the Rodgers factor. Yeah, but if you're handicapping it yourself, Chad Grimley, what are you going to make the line? I'd probably make Rodgers a slight favorite. Uh, Al, right what are you now. making the I line? probably would. Green Bay here. I'd say one. Next Green Sunday. One. Oh, um, it's a one. I think. I think so, yeah. Guys! I think, uh, your mics, I think we're missing the point. It's a small line. What's the other one? Uh, at Dallas, of course. Yeah. See, that should... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Prescott will be back by yeah. then? Oh, yeah. I do, you know, even with him back, we should be a favorite at Dallas. I agree. We should be a favorite, I think. Now, Dallas's defense is formidable. I watched I mean, them close Monday. They do look good right now with Zeke. And who's their backup running back? Is it Pollard? Yeah. He I looked mean, pretty good the other day. It's, it's, a, it's a good and, tandem. And uh, obviously, C.D. Lamb out there. And Despite Lawrence. the fact that he dropped wide open pass, is, yeah, a, is a great receiver. Lawrence. You can't block that guy, Lawrence. No, Next, no. Defensively, they're, they're, you can't they're block strong. Him. You yeah. can't, and the other guy, well, that star, guy, could, that guy couldn't. <laughs> that you know, the other night, the guy who's the star, the linebacker, what's his name, Parsons or whatever, Micah Parsons. I don't think he had to play, but they were still so fearful. He changes the whole scheme of everything. He's got when you five see guys him, got to block when him. You, you see him start the outside, and he goes yeah. up the middle, and two people have to block yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Opens it up for everybody so else. If they stay healthy, their defense is formidable. Uh, so what we're talking about here is the Eagles are not an underdog all year. Yeah, it's 12 wins. It's 13 wins. They'll trip up somewhere. The uh, college football. Is Rutgers a fraud? Let me interject to Rutgers college football. If they are we're not forgetting it, folks, but uh, two teams dropped out of the top ten last week, Oklahoma and Arkansas. So you, you still got, you know, the big boys haven't played each other a whole lot. But, but watch a game this week. Uh, the young man from Timber Creek down here in South Jersey, Devin Leary, who last week had threw for four TDs in the 350 yards or so. What team? Uh, he's a, They're playing Clemson this week. So Who? What team? North Carolina State. I'm sorry. Yeah, that. I didn't say that. Yeah, North Carolina State, and uh, he's quite a proficient passer. was a great high school player. Yeah. And we'll see if uh, he can do anything What's against Clemson. What's the line? Do you know the line? No, you? I haven't I seen it Clemson yet. Clemson stinks, too, this year. I, I You have – Bonafide, formidable teams. You have Bama, Georgia, Iowa State. Iowa State. You could take the whole, put a, a sickle and float out all the other teams. I think you're right. Tell me, Wiz, I know you don't watch college football ardently, but who's the fourth team that's really uh, good? I, I don't know. You don't no, watch I Number don't, four, I don't right? I college close enough. Full disclosure, transparency. All right, I'll give you the top ten right no, now. No, 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 no. Just give me the fourth team. Give me Michigan. That's who's fourth right now. Yeah, not yeah. It's just uh, Notre Dame. Are they in the back in the top twenty-five? They had a big win. They should be in the top like four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's never going to miss a high fastball, Notre Dame no, boy. No, no. I, I'm going to say one last thing on the Eagles. They're going to be nine and zero, eight and one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're going to beat the Jags. They may lose against the Cardinals if the Cardinals figure it out. They're going to beat the Cowboys at home. Beat the Eagles. Beat the Steelers at home. Beat the Texans on the road and beat the Commanders. I think that's one, two, three, four, six more games. That's nine and zero, eight and one, right there. I think. I'll tell you the way football games. You look at the final score: Buffalo, Miami, great game, right? Dolphins win, right? I don't know if you kept my text or not. In that game, if you if you love box scores, look at that box score. You're going to see Buffalo first downs, and Chad will probably catch up to me. I believe it was like thirty-two to sixteen disparity. Right, total yards in the game. I'm rounding now. Five hundred for Buffalo. Correct versus two hundred for Miami. Two hundred for Miami. Show yep. and there's one more total plays. Ninety. Uh, Ninety plays for Buffalo Listen, and thirty nine for Miami. You show somebody that box score and say, can the team on the right prevail and win? And you're going to say a hundred out of a hundred, no. Which is what makes sports and particularly football so great. Now, you may say the only reason Buffalo won that is because they, Miami must have turned the ball over 
six times. Or Buffalo, but they didn't. It, there was it, one inter- one fumble loss, it. no interception. How did Buffalo special, not win this game? Special teams. Drop punt. Is uh, there a drop? Field goal. I mean, you had. I think they had one play where they were about to go in and score, fumbled. They picked up Miami, picked it up, and did a lateral and went the whole length of the field. Where so instead of I'm, Buffalo scoring, but wait a minute, I'm back on Chad's question because if it's a drop punt, like I said, that's a turnover. There's one turnover. So somebody who watched the Buffalo Miami game because I was going back and forth. I saw some of it. I saw about nine plays. Saw the end on that channel, crazy channel eight sixty one. How the heck did Miami win this game? I mean, it was a, it was a crazy comeback, but I don't know. But I don't know been, how Buffalo scored that much. I got well, that many yards of o- yards. got that many five hundred yards of offense and didn't score more than nineteen score points. More. I do have to watch that recap now because I didn't know that balance. Yeah, that is a massive it's discrepancy the, and really shocking how Buffalo lost that game. For someone who does box scores, I will submit that as my top ten lopsided. Given yes, the score, unless the score was 35. Box score. You know, Wait, how many, how many turnovers did Buffalo have? Buffalo, well, Allen had no interceptions, so there was just one fumble. Fumble. Yeah. That's it. But you're looking at Miami because they were the ones. Uh, Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, it's mystifying. So I know Tommy is going to give us the answer to all this. Uh, so we all agree, top three, Bama, Georgia, OSU. Uh, this week, uh, Missouri. That plays Georgia. Mizu is going to play Georgia. I think it's plus 17 and a half. Uh, Bobby Crow took uh, OSU, is, right? Chad is Georgia. His, uh, Georgia as his, as lock of the year. Uh, good luck, uh, Bobby, with that. Not so much. Uh, is it rant or rave time? It's. I think. I think we should we should rant and rave. And I want to add one more stat into that sure. Miami game. Let's capture everything. Miami had five punts in that game. Buffalo had one. So. It's not like they were getting the ball down and punting it. They All right. So, so it's really a miracle. Us analytics guys by now should have said something else, the offset. Look at third down conversion. 11 Plus, for 18 for Buffalo. No, 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 for Miami because other ones that came up. Three for eight. Oh, they won. No, they won. Right. Three for eight. Now Buffalo's the one that had all, all the yardage, not the score. Yeah, they've converted right. on third. 11 for 18. 11 for 18. Yep. And two for three on fourth downs. I mean, they, they were there. It, it must have been drives that went Are into we stumped? The, uh, How'd you like power? to have one of your deep sleeps and wake up and somebody give you all those statistics? <laughs> and you at, bet it. And they said, but and you, you lost. know what? And you lost. I like uh, Miami. You say, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to tell you every week, guys. And that's the reason we don't give out picks. A lot of people have texted me, why don't you guys give out a teaser? Because they know I used to love teasers and stuff like that. We don't advocate gambling your hard-earned money. Uh at all so we won't do that we'd like to we 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 think we'd be pretty hot so far this year because we have a little club that we do it's not gambling it's just points at a dinner at the end of the year uh seafood tower it's a lot of fun you should hear about it but uh, we don't want to give out winners we don't want you gambling it's bad And, and a game like that you put your money on buffalo you had the right side and you paid because you lost and we should rant and rave because we're definitely past our 45 and we're going to coach. All right, I'm going to give a little rave. I'm going to go a complete 360 here to the WNBA, which is the Women's National Basketball Association. We have a gal from South Jersey named Cheryl Reeve. She's been a, won four titles as a coach of the Minnesota Lynx. She's also the general manager out there now. She had a great career at Washington Township High School, All-State. She, she played on four teams at LaSalle under the old legendary William Speedy Morris. They had 89 wins in her college career, and she's now the coach of the women's team at the FIBA Championships in Australia. So a shout-out to a local girl who knocked them dead in the basketball game. Everybody was against Hertz in business sometimes. You're not given audience to tell the real facts and narrative and true story. Um... In a, in a good way today we had that opportunity but Hertz was written off everybody was against the move why would you waste the number two pick and see how you feel at the end of the season when he's more than likely the MVP of the league and takes us to a Super Bowl be patient give these players a chance 
to get some maturity and experience. Grooming a quarterback is out three to five years. Look at the other guys. And he's going to have a half-decent week once just, in a while, maybe a bad week. Don't yeah. come down and say, I told you so. Just go in the old, overall just, performance. Just take a deep breath. Allow it to play out. Just like we did with Kyle Schorber. We were patient. <laughs> Real patient. That's not much of a rant. But everybody jumps on and off these bag, uh, bandwagons you know, so fast. You know, Allow things to play. Let the cake bake. Wiz? Well, I have a rant rave combination. Good. It's oh. a ra- it's actually um, a two in one. It's a rave on the Eagles by ranting on the Cowboys because I have never seen a more undisciplined team than the Dallas Cowboys. Amen. Just watching that game Monday night, every ten <sighs> seconds there is a holding call. Something is going on in that or team. A they foul. are or a personal foul. There's a penalty. They are so undisciplined, and this isn't unique to this year. This has been. For years now, which is a good thing for the Eagles because when we play them, that's naturally will help us. But how do year after year this team put together the most undisciplined group of players I've ever witnessed in my life? I can't understand it. It should be an anomaly, but it happens year after year, and that's all I have. It's like the Oakland Raiders out was part of their culture. Personal fouls, unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, they didn't learn in jail. They didn't learn in jail and everything when they come back to play for the Cowboys. You know, yeah, in the Raiders. It's uh, and we did not say that all Cowboys have gone to jail. Just no, no, <laughs> not all of them. No, a lot, of, a lot, a lot. Of, it's just yeah, the the yeah. thing is that they sign a lot of former guys who've had who've had problems. Problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it is a culture, and and that's why it starts at the top. It, well, let me throw this in at the end. Culture. The Eagles have had 35 penalties in three games. Yeah, that's the most had. they've ever had in a three-game thing starting off the year, and 13 of them have been pre-snap. Yeah, pre So you got to clean up that. Clean up. Yeah. There. You can't give the advantage away there. Wiz, how do they get a hold of us? All right. Same as always, our website, speakingofsportspod.com. Our email, speakingofsportspod at gmail. Uh, find us on Twitter, the Speaking of Sports Podcast, on Facebook. YouTube is Wildfire Podcast, and that's where we find all the information. Check us out on any of the podcast platforms. We're on all of them, all the big ones. Or you can uh, you can text Chuck. He's uh, 609-828-5569. And we'll be back probably next Friday, I think. Yeah, Friday. Um, so I, uh, I took Bill uh, out to lunch this week. Uh, somebody got a hold of me a month ago, and we just back and forth. We had a delightful lunch and a uh, very stimulating conversation about baseball and uh, lifetime baseball. But very smart, very uh, up to savvy in football. And, boy, we talk about an hour and a half going quick. Capital Grill, nice lunch. Uh, new acquaintance, new friend, new listener. And just the fact that that comes out of this thing that we do every week is really neat. Um, I had a blast, and, and thanks, Bill, for your time. So, you know, once again, get a hold of me. I love it, 609-828. Let me throw this in. Chad, have a great weekend. Chad's got a bachelor weekend this this weekend. uh, Some golf and yeah, you guys. I don't know what we're we were gonna go to uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, but that's been canceled now with the hurricane coming in. There's some coastal flooding that we're concerned about. We're pretty close to the beach, and what their governor is saying, we've decided to just not get there and be stuck and have flights canceled coming home and risk that. So I think we're going to the Poconos or AC, but we're still working on those can details I, today. Can I take 30 more seconds to embarrass my son here? So I called him last night. We had some other things we had to talk about, business and a few other things, and that was like fifth. And uh, by the way, he gave me a very good recommendation for Netflix. It's so, a good show. Yeah. So uh, I said, but I'm sorry about the plans. You don't ask for much. And it was great to get down there and golf. All his friends were committed. You know, dinner, golf, paint, ball wars, whatever. <laughs> You know, and, and a few cocktails. And, yeah, and, and I said, I'm so sorry. I feel sad that you guys can't do it. And he says to me, Dad, against the landscape, the bigger picture of the potential loss of life in Florida and what they're dealing with, how on earth would I be selfish enough to complain about it? Because sure, I would have loved it to take place. And maybe the Poconos won't be all the fun that, that, that Carolina. Well, he's much too intelligent but, to not have made that decision. Yeah, but it was, it's, as a dad, it was, it was a tough I said, one. Barry, too. I said, you know, for, to have that perspective was, was good. I commend you, but you'll, Thank you. you'll still have fun. We'll, we'll make the most of it. You'll make yeah. the most of it. It's a tough call because like you had to do it in advance because it's not even hitting the Carolinas till the weekend. Right. You don't know what it's going to do when it hits the coast, if it's going to go left or right or slow down, speed up. So we just had to 
deal we had we finalized it this morning to say this is just what we're seeing right now we just we can't yeah. foresee a way we're, we're new down york, there new doing york anything. you, you want to no, hear i don't me. like new york that what? much i can't how did how did dna coach how did my son not like new there, york, there the is dad a worship there is not a restaurant in new york that i can't top locally around here how about that oh, wow. how about you that? give me one i'll top it well i want to know one Ru- thing Ru- Ru- Ru 57 vincenti's in delaware <laughs> or aldo's there's another great restaurant. I just gave Adams a plug. Capital Grill. Did he? I'm not just talking the top yeah. restaurants. Capital Grill's a good one. They've crossed the bridge. Ocean Prime. Ocean right? Prime. Del Frisco's. Del Fris- I'm not huge on Del Frisco's. Not me either anymore. No. Uh, yeah, that's 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 fair. Atmosphere-wise, Route 57. But boy, the food. Uh, yeah, you, sushi you can't steaks and, and stuff, Italian. Yeah. You can't get that too many places. All right, I'm getting hungry, folks. Yeah, We're going to lunch. Let's go to lunch. Everybody, right, have you. a great week, a great weekend. Stay safe down south. God bless you all.